0: Welcome to today's message from Reach Community Church. We hope this message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word.
1: And now, for today's message. We're incredibly blessed today because we're going to get to listen to a guy who's a far better speaker than me. Far better speaker than Heath, that's for sure. Um, (laughs) Laughter this, this is nothing I wouldn't tell to his face. So it is, it is, it is. You know, you can you can spread it like wildfire. Uh, I won't be mad at you. Um, but uh, um, it is. Uh, 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 I'm excited to 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 hear him speak. Uh, and uh, today, um, Terry McDowell is going to be sharing uh, God's word with us. Y'all make sure you say goodbye to Alan, because uh, this is last Sunday. Um, good morning, Reach. Good morning. I got to tell you, it's, uh, and I'll try to keep my voice about the same, it's, it is, uh, it's only four steps between where I normally sit and here. feels a little bit like the Grand Canyon this morning. Um, and then I was sitting there and the power went out and I was like, okay, our neighbors were up till like three o'clock in the morning last night. I'm like, Satan, I know what you're doing. Um... So for those of you that don't know me, my name's Terry. I'm one of the elders here at Reach Community Church, and I've had a privilege of being a part of this church family, Um, I think since the name was just, or or since it was a name in Heath's head. Um, I want to share with you how our family got to become part of the Reach family. Um, This is probably the short story, um, and there's a lot more to it, but uh, I'll keep it brief. After retiring from the Army in 2011, um, I accepted a job in San Antonio. I had a job offer to stay at Fort Bragg, and um, Leslie and I prayed about it um, and decided that God was really leading us to go to San Antonio, even though it meant um, we were going to spend another year or years apart from each other. Um, I still remember distinctly sitting at the computer um Me putting my hand on the accept button on the Office of Personnel Management's website. Leslie put her hand on top of mine, um, and we hit the accept button. I told them when I accepted the job um, that if I couldn't convince Leslie to move to San Antonio, um, that it was going to be a short-term gig. Um, I don't know that they believed me at the time. Uh, we had our two daughters were a junior and a senior in college at the time. And um, so it was going to be a little while before Leslie came down. But she came down and visited, I think, um, after the third trip down there. Um, she called me one night and she goes, I, I really don't want to move to San Antonio. So I started looking um, back towards the East Coast. And, um, probably spent many nights up looking at jobs. Is that me or uh, it's, air, it's air, air conditioner? Okay. I won't be let be it be bother cold. me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, like I said, Leslie had come down told me she didn't want to go. I started looking for jobs back here. I was up many nights, um, kind of going through jobs and trying to figure out. I had just left 26 years in the Army, um, was a Department Army civilian uh, in San Antonio. And uh, one night at about 3 o'clock in the morning, I was scrolling through jobs. And this has only happened to me twice in my life that, you know, in the middle of maybe 15 jobs, there's this huge glow behind this job. Wasn't my computer glitching? I I applied for the job, um, and after three interviews here, accepted the job. Um, let my boss know in San Antonio that I was leaving. Um, accepted the job here, and within a month, <clears throat> our parent church in Southern Pines, Grace Church, um, announced. That their youth pastor, some guy with a candy bar first name,
0: <laughs>
1: was going to be planning a church in Wilmington. And my conversation went something like this. Okay, God, I got it. This is where you want us to be. This is where you're planning on our family moving to Wilmington. So um, that was kind of the to the getting here. And I got to come kind of as an advance party. And Heath would come down and visit before we started the church. Um, Before I give the message this morning, please join me in prayer. Father God, I want to thank you for this amazing group of individuals gathered here in your name. A group of believers my wife affectionately calls our reach peeps. Only you know the hearts of those present today. My fellow believers in Christ. My church family. I pray that the message you put on my heart. And the words that I share today will reach each person with the message you personally intended for them. And that it will be a catalyst for change in how they view this local body of Christ. Amen. When you hear the word family, what thoughts or images come to mind? For most of us, our first thoughts are of our spouse, our children our siblings, our parents, often referred to as our immediate family. Those that are related to us by lineage or marriage. In the South, we often hear the terms kin or blood. If you're the Bradshaws and you hear the term family, you're probably talking about half of Leland and parts of Wilmington. (laughs) The Oxford Dictionary defines family as a group of one or more parents and their children living together in a unit or all the descendants of a common ancestor. Familial familial bonds can be far stronger than the bonds we have with any other people. In all but the most dysfunctional families, family members stick together and stand up for one another. Children look out for their parents and parents guard the interest of their children. In married relationships, husbands and wives share secrets that nobody else on earth knows. Brothers and sisters put up with more than their siblings do from outsiders. Family members also tend to be willing to do things for their families they would not do for their closest friends. My definition of family has had several meanings through the years. I had an army family for 25 years. A group of like-minded individuals that had accepted a career under the same set of stated values that I did. There was a sense of team and cohesion, and it didn't hurt that we all wore matching outfits every day. (laughs) Growing up, I never really knew what the term church family meant. We went to church every Sunday. I went to Sunday school, youth group, vacation Bible school, and sang in the youth choir. No talent required in a small country church. (laughs) Looking back, I never remember my parents spending time with any members of the church we attended. Hanging out or just doing life together. I was brought up in a military family with the impression that needing help or leaning on other people was a sign of weakness. After I was commissioned as an officer in the army, um, Leslie and I moved to Germany I found out for the first time what a church family really was. Along with 15 other families, we signed the charter to establish a missionary church with Pastor and Elva Beach, who had been sent by their parent church in Pennsylvania to spread the gospel in Germany. As a church body, a family of believers, we spent most of the day on Sunday together. We had Sunday school, an extended church service in the morning, and then met at a house or a park, and had lunch, and then worshipped until early evening. There was a peace and stability that came with that family, one that I had never experienced before. It was a unique and amazing experience for our small family in a foreign country with a new baby. Fast forward, seven moves later over the next 18 years, with several years of me and Leslie being separated at the Army's direction, and we never found another church family. We were members of a church at every new duty station, but not part of a church family. Leslie and I will both own that we had a large part to play in that. Knowing you're moving every couple of years limits your drive to connect in relationships outside your Army family. (coughs) So how does Christ view family? In Mark 3... Jesus is preaching to a crowd, and when told that his his mother and brothers were seeking to talk to him, Jesus answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those that sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and my sister and mother. Jesus elevates believers to the same or higher status than his immediate family. Maybe we need to redefine our definition of blood. Isn't a real blood family those that have been washed in the blood of Christ with you? You can count yourself truly blessed when the members of your immediate family are also fellow believers in Christ. In Luke 12, as Jesus is speaking to a crowd and the disciples... He says, Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For from now on in one house there will be five divided three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother. Mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. The division Jesus is speaking of is the division between believer and non-believer. In a society where multiple generations of a family lived together, supported and cared for each other, this was a hard truth. Can you imagine a sales pitch on TV today? Belief in what I'm telling you will divide your family. Sure, sign me up. In 2011, even before REACH opened its doors for the first time, it became our family. 95% of anything Leslie and I do outside spending time with each other and our immediate family is spent with our REACH family. Whether it's dinners, community group, game night, boating, just hanging out, or working at our property. You name it, and if you look around, it is with our REACH peeps. Because we have this type of relationship with fellow believers, it has given us trusted advisors that we can have any conversation with and a group of individuals that we can call on day or night and know that they will be there for prayer, discussion, and I think on two occasions a call to ask if they'll go to our house and get keys after we've locked ourselves out of our car in the middle of nowhere. If you have never truly become part of a church family, sharing life, accountability, selfless service to a group of like-minded believers, I promise you that you are missing out on an amazing gift Christ has provided through the local body of Christ, a church family. The saying that I use for most of my adult life is relationships are built on experiences shared. I believe I made this up. Leslie says not. I googled it and couldn't find it stated this way, so I'm claiming it. <laughs> I also believe that the more difficult or challenged the experience, the greater the bond. It is one of the things that binds soldiers from all walks of life together in a common bond or brotherhood. The sharing of what others would consider miserable experiences. God created us to live in communion. The Latin root... Of communion means fellowship, mutual participation, or sharing. You will never create true long lasting relationships spending an hour and a half together on Sunday mornings. If you have never experienced the blessing of an authentic church family, the recipe is simple. The first one you don't have to do anything for it. You already have a group of authentic people sitting here. But start serving. Whether that's on the worship team, children, youth ministries, set up and tear down, it's a great opportunity to get to know individuals doing something together for this body of Christ. Join a community group and be intentional about establishing a relationship with other believers at REACH. Relationships are going to cost you time and money. Time and money, not money, attention, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Won't cost you any money. Wow, that was a faux pas. Um, (laughs) Like I ask on Memorial Day, what relationships are you cultivating? Are they the individuals that will stand with you, beside you, during the coming storm of persecution? You may say I don't have time. I recently finished a book um, while Leslie and I were on vacation that, that Heath had loaned me on the relentless elimination of hurry. One of the focus points is how to create space in our fast-paced world to ensure we have time for the most important things in our walk with Christ. Where are we as Americans spending our time? The average American spends 705 hours a year on social media, 2,700 hours of television per year, and looks at their phone 96 times a day. That was from 2019. A study that came out this year was 67% of Americans look at their phone over 160 times a day. One of the crazy statistics that they had out there is for the average young male, by the time they reach age 21, they have spent 10,000 hours on video games. You could finish a college degree in, in 10,000 hours. There's a lot of things that are out there to distract us. Before he left on, on sabbatical, um, heath preached on priorities... And use the metaphor of your life as a jar, and your priorities are either rocks, pebbles, or sand. The only way to fit all these priorities in your life is to put the rocks, the most important things, in first. Otherwise, your life or jar will fill up with sand and pebbles, and there will be no room for the rocks. What are you willing to give up to create space in your life to focus on the big rocks? I can promise you that this local body of Christ, this church family, is a big rock. And meant for more than just an hour on Sunday. Okay, Terry, we got it. Our church family is important. Why is building a strong family important? Outside the obvious, that we truly, we can't truly reach our community, as the name implies, without being a cohesive group of believers. Where are you going with this? Well, since you ask, I will share my thoughts. This last 15 months has been a struggle for me. But maybe not in the way you you might think. I do not fear a virus. I have struggled with the exploitation of the virus to create fear in our population. The use of the virus to remove safeguards on privacy and personal freedoms. The use of the virus to isolate individuals further than our current technology has already done. And the loss of any semblance of truth in our media outlets. This just happened to coincide with our national election process. I have concerns about the future course of our country. A country that I truly love and believe in. A country that I was willing to sacrifice my life in defense of and the ideals on which our country was founded. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I want to reframe some thoughts about Christianity in today's America based on the direction our society and government are moving. Christian values and beliefs are a threat to a greed-based system where money and possessions are prioritized above all else. Christian values and beliefs and belief in the power of Christ are a threat to a fear-based system that removes personal freedoms under the guise of safety. Christian values and belief in Jesus as the Messiah and the only path to God is a threat to a secular belief system where everyone is their own god And all religions are good or justified based on individual preference. Christian belief in the one truth is a threat to every individual having their own truth. You, my family of fellow believers, are a threat to the current direction of our country. Families that lock arms around the truth, that have created unbreakable bonds, can weather any storm... Secure in the knowledge of the living God. As individuals, we can be easily isolated, manipulated, and washed away in a sea of deceit. As believers, we are all walking on different paths to the same summit. Everlasting life with Jesus Christ. So why don't we do this thing called life on earth as a true blood family and hold hands on the way up the mountain? And I know this is probably shorter than y'all thought it was going to be. But um, as we get ready to close, I'm going to ask everybody to do something. Um, And I know that it may be uncomfortable to a few of you. But I promise that we have hand sanitizer out in the hallway as you exit the sanctuary. But I do understand if you elect not to participate. I am asking each of you to stand and reach out a hand to your each family member on your left and your right. Or to your front or back, so that we are all connected in a single united chain. I know this is a challenge. (laughs) Is everybody holding somebody's hand or two hands other than me and the person in the back? We're good? All right, please join me in prayer. Father God, you have provided an amazing gift in Reach Community Church. I pray that this body of believers holds hands today, as they hold hands today, that the power of the Holy Spirit supercharges not only our desire, our willingness, and our actions to truly be an integral part of this local body of Christ, this family. I pray that you give us renewed strength to work in unity as one body with eyes that can clearly see, that can see the clear vision of your mission for our church, hearts and minds that are open to the work of the Holy Spirit, and ears to truly hear the needs of our community. Father God, we love you so much. And I thank you for the many blessings this family can bring to this community, to each other. Um, We love you, Father. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, be sure to visit us online at reachcommunitychurch.com.